Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Jill Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 103 of the Canadians Connection podcast. I'm pleased to be joined in studio by my co-host, the editor and founder, editor in chief, founder, president. He wears many hats, folks, of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing on this fine day? I like your hat today. Speaking yeah. of hats, <laughs> had to go with the Blue Jays hat this week because congratulations. Uh, got to the playoffs. A young team on the rise. It's it's been a lot of fun to follow them. Uh, had some adversity earlier this season, but Charlie Montoyo, uh, former member of the uh, Montreal Expos organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, guiding them through a young team has a positive outlook a great story charlie montoyo by the way so uh it's been great on many fronts and i'm, I'm glad to be here with you wearing uh, what hat are you wearing today by the way i see you wearing a hat as well now ah. i'm i'm wearing a winnipeg jets hat today mm -hmm. and that, uh, the reason is uh is uh we we have some questions uh yeah we have some questions and the jets factor into that um, we, we, we've assembled, uh, uh, a lot of the questions that come in. We get tons of questions on our rocket sports text line. That is five, eight, five through rocket. Uh, and this week we put out, uh, um, uh, a request for questions on social media as well. And so, um, normally, uh, the third segment is have your say, but we're devoting the whole big topic second segment to, uh, listener questions and we'll attempt to, to answer those. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to that. We've got some great questions. we got questions about Ilya Kovalchuk, the goaltending situation for this year in the Canadians organization after acquiring Jake Allen. We've got a question about Bobby Ryan. We've got we got a lot to get to here in that second segment, and you we're know the really nice looking thing, forward to it. The yeah. nice thing, there's a lot of variety in the questions. Yeah. And also, we have questions from all over... All over uh, um, Canada, uh, the United States, uh, we've got a question from Australia. Well, our listeners, uh, certainly predominantly North America, but we have really uh, devoted listenership in Sweden, in Australia, in Brazil. We've always had a good, uh, strong c contingent in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, and uh, all over, all over uh, planet Habs. And uh, so we're, we're proud to be able to respond to all of our listeners um, and uh, get to their questions in the second segment. Hey, Habs fans are everywhere, and it's ever more evident than what we're going to get into in segment two. You're going to see it uh, pretty plainly that uh, Habs fans are indeed everywhere. Uh, so, Rick, 
We have a lot to get to this week. Mark Bergevin gave us a lot to talk about. He was busy this week, uh, including a deal that he came to yesterday that we'll be getting to in, in just a couple of moments. But we're going to get to some news items off the top before we get to the contracts that Mark Bergevin signed. Uh, you know, he's, he did sign three. We're going to get to one in just a moment, but two major ones. Uh, but first, we'll start with Nick Suzuki, who was named to the 2019-2020 All-Rookie Team uh, alongside Dominic Kubalik, Victor Olofsson, Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes, and Elvis Merzlikens, uh, who, who make up the team alongside Nick Suzuki. So well-deserved honor for Nick Suzuki, who had a, had a really nice rookie year. He did. Um, yeah. it, was, it was great and emerged... Uh, yes. At the end of the playoffs, as uh, what could be what most fans are looking forward to, the top line center uh, yep. next season. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, very well deserved honor for Nick Suzuki, and congratulations to him. So, moving on to a contract that Mark Bergevin signed, not incredibly significant, will probably be probably more. Probably is for. The, the party, the, the, interested, yeah. the interested yeah, party. For, for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have more of an impact on the Laval Rocket, but yeah, yeah, this is this is of interest for Joseph Blandisi, who uh, signed a one-year two-way contract with the Montreal Canadiens. You remember, he was acquired along with Jacob Lucchini in February in exchange for Phil Verone and Riley Barber. Uh, so, Rick, that's going to be uh, another forward back in the fold for the Laval Rocket next year. Yeah, and, and you have a, um, uh, a forward, Blandisi, 26 years old, with some uh, AHL experience, um, and, and he'll help out uh, with that long list of, of uh, experienced uh, AHLers that uh, uh, Joe Bouchard is assembling in, in Laval. Um, you know, it, it was a difficult situation. Riley Barber, Phil Veroni, two... Uh, potent uh, offensive players in the AHL didn't see eye to eye with uh, with the coach. There was a bit of a conflict there, so this obviously wasn't a, um, a hockey trade in the value coming back. Uh, but uh, two players that fit more into uh, Joe Bouchard's uh, style, I guess you'd say. Yeah, so we'll see how that that plays out for the Laval Rocket next year. Um, sticking with the Montreal Canadiens and a guy that saw some time in Laval, but was in Montreal, or with the Montreal Canadiens during their play in the bubble, uh, Dale Weiss, uh, it was revealed yesterday, Renaud Lavoie tweeting that he would not be returning to the Habs next season, but he does want to stay in the NHL. There was a report that he was going to go play in Switzerland, but he is primarily eyeing a spot in the NHL from what this this tweet from Renaud Lavoie suggests. Good luck. Um, yeah, best of luck. <laughs> best of luck. Uh, you know, we, uh, it came out that th- there were discussions between his agent and uh, Lausanne in, in Switzerland. Um, uh, that came out during the playoffs, obviously annoyed uh, Dale Weiss. Uh, and he denied that there was a contract in place, uh, which that, that kind of wasn't what the report said. But uh, if he can conti- continue his career in the NHL, good for him. Otherwise, uh, he'll be heading to Europe. Yeah. Um, so moving on to a guy who could be heading to Europe, uh, will Cole Caulfield play in Europe next season? There's an article from our friend Pat Hickey in the Montreal Gazette that looked at the possibility of Caulfield, uh, going over and playing in Sweden. Um, so Rick, what do you make of, of this idea of Cole Caulfield going to play over in Europe? Yeah, something that, um, uh, that, uh, 
Mark Bergevan said in in uh, one of his, he did that media tour, uh, yeah. and I believe it was with La Presse. Um, but he said that uh, that they'd be interested in seeing. Uh, he, he he said they they didn't want uh, their top prospect uh, outside the um, the NHL playing, not playing. And um, we know that the NCAA uh, there's been a, a delayed start um, on uh, September 10th. Um, the uh, Big Ten uh, conference and, and others said that they wouldn't be starting on time and they imposed a two-week deadline. That's since come off. Uh, but it, there's still an uncertain uh, time for start of college play. Um, Caulfield had indicated that he was interested in returning to the Wisconsin Badgers and that was the plan going ahead. Wasn't interested in, in the Sioux Greyhounds uh, of the OHL. Um but then uh, Bergevin kind of floated this idea of maybe it's better for him to go over to Europe. Uh, now to, to have him, uh, you know, we've seen, we've seen other players uh, loaned to uh, European teams. Uh, yes, Yelonen, I think we talked about him last week, uh, going to yeah. the Pelicans in the Finnish league. Um, Olofsson, uh, Jacob Olofsson, we have... Uh, uh, Lucas Vedemo uh, in the Swedish league. Now, interestingly, all of those uh, teams have an out clause for them to come back and play uh, and and take part in training camp. Um, and Lucas Vedemo, although he, he he's playing second tier in Sweden in the Allsvenskan league, um, and the reason they chose that league for him is to have that out clause. Wouldn't be the same with Cole Caulfield. Uh, yeah. He's uh, likely going in the top um, league in uh, in uh, the, the the team that's interested in him is in the top uh, league in the Swedish hockey uh, uh, league, and um, they would not the the commitment would be for the entire year, um, which is probably okay because the Canadians weren't necessarily. Um, expected to have him anyways, maybe at the end once uh, the NCAA season was over. Uh, but um, so the, the difficulty here I th- that I saw was that, uh, you know, Tony Granados is, is planning to have his sniper in, in the lineup for the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, and he said um, uh, that, that, uh, Cole's made that commitment. They're expecting him to fulfill that commitment. And he said, um, you know, he hasn't heard uh, a word from Mark Bergevin about this. And we know that not his strong suit uh, communication with, <laughs> on these kinds of issues, Mark Bergevin, that is. Uh, so this is still really up in the air, really a fluid situation, uh, but a possibility Cole Caulfield uh, could be playing in Europe Um uh, starting anytime soon, that the um, the 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 Swedish Hockey League has uh, has already uh, just opened their season, I believe. Yeah, so I mean, it, as is the case in 2020, we've come to just wait to see how things play out because there's a lot of uncertainty right now with regards to the NCAA, their season, how everything is going to play out in in that in that way. So, uh, would be great to get Cole Caulfield some action, and and that would be the way to do it by heading overseas. So. We'll see how it all plays out. But, Rick, uh, we teased it a little bit. The Canadians yesterday uh, came to terms on an agreement with Jeff Petrie 
a four-year contract extension worth $25 million. Uh, Jeff Petrie is 32 years old. He's going to be 33 in December. Um, so, I mean, obviously, he had a year left on his deal. He could have went to free agency. He opted not to do that. The Canadians got it done uh, with four more years with an annual average value of $6.25 million. So, Rick, just your general thoughts when you saw this yesterday, and uh, how does it feel to know that Jeff Petrie is going to be there for another four more years behind Shea Weber? Last week, um, it was a very popular uh, show, and and thank you for uh, for listening. It was a bit extended, uh, yeah. but we went through all of the the best and the worst transactions of Mark Bergevin. If you've missed it, uh, you may want to go to CanadiansConnection.com and catch up. Uh, but in that list, I think on both of our lists, Jeff yeah. Petrie was one um, was we considered one of Mark Bergevin's best acquisitions. Um, a second and a fourth round pick uh, for Jeff Petrie, and and um, he has uh, I th- I think emerged uh, over that time um, as as uh, someone that the Canadians rely on game in game out. Um, so to see this, to see him being, you know, there's that group uh, next season uh, who all are eligible to become unrestricted free agents, and to see Jeff Petrie locked up. Um, you know, a, a year in advance of that is uh, that it's a it's a great move by Mark Bergevin. Uh, the term, the salary, uh, I'm fine with. Um, I th- I think that uh, uh, you'll we'll hear uh, Jeff Petrie's words himself. But I think that there's going to be a consideration from those who are unrestricted free agents uh, anytime over the next year or so of of um, what what is the the new economic reality of yeah. the NHL, and um, you know it's it's almost it's almost silly to compare them to existing contracts uh, negotiated prior to uh, the pandemic uh, because this is this is we're going to see some numbers that we don't quite understand. So uh, Jeff Petrie chose the security security for himself and his family. He's got a 15 team uh, no move uh, uh, league uh, no movement clause in there. Um, I, I think he's just happy. Uh, that it's all s- said and done, and and listen, um, I, I I know, I know there's some some um, uh, social media and even within the the mainstream media, there's some discussion about Jeff Petrie's the top defenseman and has been for years on the Montreal Canadiens, and mostly, um, that's that's a whole leftover the whole leftover nonsense from. Uh, the PK Subban for Shea Weber trade. Shea Weber is is the number one defenseman, and you know what? Sh- uh, Jeff Petrie plays better when Shea Weber's in the lineup. Uh, yeah. Shea Weber provides him that cover. There's not the expectations, and Jeff Petrie's allowed to do what he does best. Uh, and um, and and full credit to him. I I think this yep. was a good number. Um, uh, 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 Probably uh, an expected uh, term, and uh, and it got uh, sewed up pretty early. And the one thing that I found really interesting was this was something that I was not aware of, and, and Sportsnet Stats tweeted it out yesterday. Uh, defenseman with 10-plus goals and 40-plus points in each of the last three seasons. you got Brent Burns, John Carlson, Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi, Alex Petrangelo. 
and Jeff Petrie. So he's in some pretty elite company mm-hmm. there. So good in that way that you lock up a guy that's provided you that production over the last three years. The one thing I will say is this, right, is Jeff Petrie is 32 years old. He's going to be 33 in December. And oftentimes in sports, when you sign a player after 30, who's approaching 30, um, who's, uh, you know, into his 30s, you're paying more for the early part of that deal. You might give them more term because you know that you are paying to be a contending team or very close to a contending team in the short term more than you are for the long term. So this is the thing that I say with with Jeff Petrie, and it, and it got me thinking about baseball, and which is fitting because his dad was a great baseball pitcher. But mm. when you have guys like in the MLB, when you get the seven years of service time that you need to do before you can get to free agency, most guys by the time they get to that point are 30. So you have teams, I remember like the Boston Red Sox signing David Price to this mammoth contract with the idea that within two years, they'll be able to contend for a World Series. So that means that your sense of urgency in those first couple years when you're getting that production needs to be higher than it is in the last few years because you're probably not going to be getting that level of production. And I don't know how Jeff Petrie's going to age. We don't know. We can't tell the future. But the one thing that I will say is, I mean, a year left on this deal, I mean, Uh, on his existing deal before he gets into this four-year extension. What is Jeff Petrie going to look like at 35 and 36? I think that is going to be something uh, to really consider with this. I think that this was a fair price, and I think that this is is a good deal for the Montreal Canadiens, but that was the one thing that I went to and thought about, and I think that it just sort of... It makes it all the more important that the Montreal Canadiens approach this offseason and the ones upcoming with, with a sense of urgency to try to add to this group. Because, I mean, you've got decisions coming up, especially with Brendan Gallagher, right? That's, I think, the next one yeah. that you really got to think about. So uh, that's the part of it for me that I, that I was thinking about. Um, but, yeah. So, Rick, in addition to that deal... The Jeff Petrie deal. That was the big one. We would we would have devoted so much time to talk about this guy, Jake Evans, who signed a two-year contract extension as well. The first year being a two-way deal, the second year a one-way deal. And yeah, uh, if not for the contract that signed yesterday and Jeff Petrie being a little bit more of a of a name for the Montreal Canadiens, we would have we would have been talking about Jake Evans all this time. But we're going to be getting to Jake Evans and Jeff Petrie's reaction uh, in just a moment. But Rick, I mean, this is a guy I think that, especially in the playoffs, you saw him grab a little bit more of a, of a role than than he had seen previously in the NHL. So I think that this is a this is really exciting news for Montreal Canadiens fans. Jake Evans really opened some eyes uh, in the playoffs, and of course, we knew um, we knew this is Jake Evans. Jake Evans. Uh, taken in the seventh round, but uh, there, there's there's more to it than his draft placement. Um, he is a smart player. He was a leader in no, Notre Dame. He's a, he was a clutch player, um, and uh, we we saw uh, just how how smart, how talented, um, and how he, well he fit in. Um, you know, he had a, a bit of a taste to it. Thirteen games in the regular season, but in the playoffs. Uh, Jake Evans, uh, he he accepted and and excelled in that fourth line role, and probably was uh, part of the reason that um, Mark Bergevin at the trade deadline was able to let go of of uh, Nate Thompson to Philadelphia. 
Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm penciling in a place for uh, Jake Evans in the lineup next season. Uh, he may, there, there may be a, a chance that, uh, uh, you know, there'll be lulls in his, his first uh, NHL uh, full season, um, and he may uh, need to go down to Lavelle at some point, and that's why you see the, the two-way uh, 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 deal uh, uh, as part of the, the, the first year of his contract. Uh, but um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for good things uh, and expecting good things from Jake Evans. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you talked about it. He opened eyes in the playoffs, and I think that the way that he plays, and he's going to talk about this himself when we get into uh, they said what, but I think that he's going to bring a two-way element to this team. The fact that he's a right shot, can take face-offs, and we saw that there was more and more trust from Kirk Muller in Jake Evans and taking some big face-offs on his strong side, which was something the Canadians needed someone to do because... You know, Philip Deneau was relied upon to take a lot of those key face-offs, but when you got a right shot that can take some face-offs, that can win some face-offs, uh, that, that's a huge uh, bonus to have, and I think Jake Evans provides that and a lot more. So uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, what's in store for Jake Evans going forward. But, Rick, we'll move on to uh, what's one of our favorite segments here on this podcast, They Said What, and we've got the Jake Evans and Jeff Petrie edition of They Said What. They had conference calls discussing their news newly signed contracts we'll start with jake evans uh jake evans uh, talking about he's, he's being he's, he's glad to have signed that contract and uh, looking forward to next season yeah it's uh definitely an exciting time it's uh nice to get that contract out of the way and uh, i've just enjoyed my time in montreal and in laval and i love the organization i love where it's heading and um, i think they're helping me along the way and helping me develop uh into a strong player too so I'm really happy. I think it's basically the same as when uh, the league got put on hold in, in March. I think it's just going to be waiting for the news to, to start the season again and just training and uh, just trying to stay in uh, as best shape as possible for whenever you uh, find out that the season's going to start. For now, I'll be training in, in Toronto and uh, hoping the season can start as soon as possible. Now, Jake was asked, uh, are you going to Europe, given <laughs> given the parade yeah. uh, that's heading over there? And, and uh, he said no, that uh, he's, uh, you know, he's going to be training in Toronto and he'll be ready to go. Um, Gary Bettman talked about uh, this past week uh, about the protocols uh, that are in place for uh, training, uh, training and training camps. Um, and uh, we'll probably uh, we'll see if we can get to those next week or, or in, in upcoming weeks about yeah. uh, how the Canadians uh, will be will be handling uh, their training. Yeah. And um, moving on to the next clip from Jake Evans, and this is something that I just touched on, uh, he says he thinks of himself as a two way player. I got a little more um, experience with uh, playing in the NHL and then playing in those big playoff games, I think, really uh, helped me out in my development. For me personally, I've always uh, thought of myself as a two-way guy, and, and I love taking those big draws or, or getting on the penalty kill. So to get that experience at the end of the year and then also in the playoffs was great. And for me, I just want to keep building off that. I want to keep developing my game, keep working on things, and hopefully I can be uh, trusted forward uh, with the team. So he enjoys penalty kills. He enjoys taking the draws in in big situations, and he wants to earn the trust of Claude Julien and of Mark Bergevin, and obviously, um, uh, and and Kirk Muller, I should say. Uh, obviously, he earned the trust 
uh, of of both coaches uh, in the playoffs because uh, uh, he was in and performing and um, put in, uh, in some interesting situations where uh, it was Jake Evans taking the draw on his strong side rather than Phil Deneau uh, in the playoffs. So um, he wants to earn that trust and keep that trust. That's just a great thing to hear because you know that all of these guys, they want to be the guy that scores the big goal and do all those things. Yeah. But to hear someone speak about wanting to kill penalties and take big face-offs, I mean, I think that just speaks volumes about the character of, of Jake Evans. And I think that that's a huge, a huge thing to hear from him uh, here after signing this contract. So the one thing that you figured out, I think, and, and you saw uh, from this playoff run was you see that these young players learning what it takes to win and Jake Evans talked about appreciating that experience and learning what it takes to win in this league. For me personally, I learned how you just can't be making mistakes at, at that high of a level that everyone will capitalize. And um, I mean, you learn the intensity and you learn what it takes to win you. Uh, I, feel, I thought our team did great. I thought we uh, showed a lot, but we also saw what it takes to win. And, and you can see it now with even watching the playoffs and what these guys are doing and what they're sacrificing to, to win a championship. And uh, I think there was a lot of positive steps this year for me personally and for the team. I think it was a great experience. Yeah, I think center is a little bit more responsibilities especially uh with those face-offs and just defensive coverage is a little just a little more responsibility and uh, like i was saying before though i really uh, enjoy those moments and i take pride in, in winning those big draws and making those strong defensive plays so uh, whenever i get the chance to do that it's a great opportunity for me remember kirk muller was preaching uh intensity intent in preaching focus attention to detail and and that's what Obviously, uh, Jake Evans has learned that um, mistakes can turn into opportunities for the opposition. So you have to, every second of your shift, you have to be on, you have to be thinking. And for, and for the most part, he did just that. The other thing he spoke about, and he was asked, uh, well, what about playing um, wing? And uh, he, he, he has the realization that playing center requires a higher level of responsibility. And uh, for the most part, I, th I think he was, uh, again, he was quite successful at that. Yeah. And I mean, I think the fact that he's thinking about all of these other things about how he needs to be, how you need to value your time on the ice and, and make, make sure you're not making those key mistakes. I think that, that that says a lot about where he might end up in terms of playing center or the wing because that's that sounds like a center saying those things right yeah. there. But uh, moving on to Jeff Petrie, uh, who also had his conference call following his contract extension. So we talked about Montreal being a special, pla a special place and also about how uh, the guys, the young guys that are coming up, make the future look a little bit brighter. I mean, from day one, when I got here, it was, you know, it's it's been a special place and it's a privilege to put on to put on that uniform with so much history. And, you know, I've learned that, you know, over my four and a half years so far and, you know, how much pride that I take to put on that uniform every day. And, you know, just the the last little return to play, um, you know, it just showed what, uh, you know, what we have coming up. You know, we have a lot of uh, good young players and, um, you know, guys like KK and uh, Suzuki uh, showed that in the in the in the playoffs which is which is huge to have uh, success as a team and I think uh, you know with those guys coming up it was a it shows that the future is is bright here and you know that was a that was one of the deciding factors in um, ultimately signing this extension 
So it's a special place to play, that is Montreal. And uh, he even spoke about when he was with Edmonton, how uh, it was uh, the Bell Centre was uh, one of yeah. his favourite places to play, and now he gets to play there 41 games out of the season. And um, But when you're thinking of, of a contract of, of this duration... Um, sure, it's nice to play in a place that you think is is special, but you also want to win. And so he's thinking about the future, and uh, he's noticed, obviously, that uh, the Canadians' uh, future is bright based on the fact of the transition of the, the young players. And he uh, pointed out Kakanyemi and Suzuki uh, and their, uh, their roles in the uh, playoffs. By the way, Boyd Petrie had to be thrilled with how great Nick Suzuki <laughs> looked in the playoffs, just as an aside. <laughs> but uh, another thing that Jeff Petrie spoke about was uh, speaking to players in a similar position as him heading into this. You know, I've talked to the guy like Galley um, um, throughout this whole process, and you know, I think he's a he's a key guy to this team. And you know, guys like guys like Phil, um, you know, have who have been here and have played crucial roles. Um, you know, I think that's that's an important uh, those those guys are important pieces. And you know, I hope that uh, um, you know, I don't know what's going on with their situations, but I hope uh, you know that we have uh, a group like that, um, you know, in the years to come. So. We know that uh, it, that it's the the 2021-22 season where there's all sorts of unrestricted free agents: uh, Brendan Gallagher, uh, Thomas Tatar, Phil Deneau, uh, Yol Armia, um, oh, and Jordan Wheel, of course. Um, yeah, can't forget him. <laughs> no, and uh, so uh, Jeff Petrie is looking and is thinking: if I'm going to sign here. What's going to happen? Are they all going to go? So it's interesting. It was interesting for me to hear that he spoke uh, so much with uh, Brendan Gallagher. And um, I think two things there. First of all, uh, that he thinks highly of Gallagher and that, that Gallagher is a, a key part uh, of a team that he wants to be uh, you know, associated with for the next four years. But it also... I would say it says good things about, and, and we didn't expect any anything else, but it, it says good things about Gallagher's intention to stay in Montreal. Yeah, and, and I think that, yeah, I, I mean, we haven't really gotten into this, but I, I, I just, it, it, it would be weird to see Brennan Gallagher in anything but a Montreal Canadiens uniform and the way that he speaks about being a Montreal Canadian, I just think that that he's probably leaning towards that. And maybe the fact that he was speaking with Jeff Petrie throughout this process and Petrie was comfortable enough to commit longer term to the Montreal Canadiens. I think that that might say a lot about how this is all going to play out. But Jeff Petrie also talked about the other factors that played into his decision to sign this extension. There's, there's many things that, that played into to ultimately uh, signing this, this deal. I mean, there was, um, you know, factors of, of term, family, uh, dollars. So, um, you know, I think overall we reached a, um, you know, my wife and I, we reached a, a comfortable position that we, we felt was, um, you know, good for us, um, being comfortable where we live, knowing, you know, knowing, you know, how much, you know, I enjoy playing for this organization, how, how the organization has, you know, treated my wife and my family. Um, so that all, that all had to, had to do with the, with the decision. That was a great opportunity for us, and we played well. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that obviously had a factor in in, in this decision on, on how well we did play. So, um, how do you decide? 
<laughs> well, obviously, there's <laughs> a lot of factors. Uh, at the end there, he talked about uh, the playoff performance. Um, that that played into uh, his decision to re-sign. Uh, the, the length of term, uh, the stability for his family, the education opportunities for his children, uh, dollars, of course, um, the security in a new reality, uh, that the new uh, flat cap reality, um, all of those things factored into uh, his uh, decision. And, and obviously, uh, the checkbox is all matched up. Yeah. And I mean, this is something that you with with free agency and the and especially now, I think this is going to be one of the more difficult times to be a free agent, unfortunately, for guys that have earned it in the in the coming years, this year and the years to follow in this flat cap world. So, I mean, I think this the security alone, I think, is enough, but uh, certainly a lot more at play there. As Jeff Petrie noted, there's a lot of factors that went into his decision, and uh, I think Habs fans are happy that he came to the decision that he did. So, Rick, we're going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we're going to open up the All Habs mailbag. we got some great listener questions that have been sent in via text and social media, so we'll be getting to answering those after a quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. With me in studio, the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at AllHabs on Twitter. And you can visit at HabsConnection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, Rick, as I said, heading to break, we're going to open up the AllHabs mailbag here and... Yeah, as you noted off the top of the show, a very wide range of, of places that these that our listeners are coming from and sending in these questions, and it's great to see. 
It is. Uh, I'm excited to do this. You're excited to do this. Yeah. We're always happy to uh, hear from you and engage with you. So um, we'll, we'll give you the, the our social media handles, but but go ahead and uh, and all uh, make your comments, send your questions, do it on on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. Uh, but also, we have a Rocket Sports text line. That way, you can reach us 24 hours a day. It is five eight five three Rocket. 5853 Rocket. And the only thing we'll ask you to do is when you send us a text, just tell us who you are, what your first name is, uh, and where you're from. And uh, I'll, I'll read the questions here, uh, and we're going to fl- uh, swap back and forth to, to who answers them. Uh, but you can see, as you, as you just said, uh, we've, got, we've got listeners from all over the planet. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable to see. And, and we talked about this when we saw... When we talked about the analytics of our podcast, where the listeners were coming from, we had some in Sweden, we had some in Australia, as you mentioned, in Brazil. And, and yeah, it's it's just incredible to see. Uh, but, Rick, uh, shall we get this started here? For sure. With our question and answer segment. Can't wait. Yeah. Question one. Uh, and we'll put you on the spot for this one. Okay. Question one. I want to see Kovalchuk. I want to see uh, MB sign Kovalchuk. He, he was great for us playing in the top six. Our power play could have used him in the playoffs. What do you think? And this comes from Ethan in uh, Lennoxville, Quebec. Lennoxville, Quebec, uh, near Bishop's University, uh, Sherbrooke. Uh, Ethan wants to see Kovalchuk. Do you? Well, first of all, thank you for your question, Ethan. I very much appreciate it. Uh, the one thing, listen... Ilya Kovalchuk had an assist in eight games for Washington in the bubble. Mm. None in the series against the Islanders. I know that Habs fans fell in love with Ilya Kovalchuk. He arrived at a time where nothing was going right. And for a very short period of time, Ilya Kovalchuk was a part of things going right for the Montreal Canadiens before it quickly went back in the other direction. So I understand the love and the appeal the romanticization of Ilya Kovalchuk as a Montreal Canadian, but the reason he was effective in Montreal was he was got eight. He got 19 minutes of ice time on average. Could he have helped in the playoffs? Maybe. Does that mean the Montreal Canadiens should bring him back? No. He got 13 minutes of average time on ice for Washington. Maybe if he gets a couple more, he could have been a little bit more effective. But the reason that he was effective in Montreal was he got ice time because the Montreal Canadiens were going nowhere very quickly and they just didn't need to be, they didn't concern themselves with developing younger players. They just gave the opportunity to a guy who was going to draw in fans and he did that. He did that very effectively as we see with this question. I just, I don't think the Montreal Canadiens would be best served to bring him back into the fold. He's 37 years old. There are other options to go to other than Ilya Kovalchuk to fix that power play. He's so charming. He he was yeah. enchanting. He fell in love with the the city of Montreal and his kids out playing in the snow on the the, the rink. Um, but 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 as you said, it was at a time when nothing was going right. So it it became a, a story that that fans latched onto. But it's not a reason to uh, bring him back. And as far as he he hasn't been uh, very effective on the the power play, and not only in Washington or Montreal, but prior to that with uh, Los yeah. Angeles. So um, yeah, I I I fully agree with you there. Uh, 
Question two. Big Habs fan from St. Vitale. St. Vitale uh, is uh, a suburb of uh, Winnipeg. I used to go to Le Garage in St. Boniface to watch all the Habs games. Uh, I've been there. It's a, it's a fun place. <laughs> uh, thinking that with all the draft picks and cap space, Burge should be able to pry uh, Lina from the Jets. Maybe Ken would even agree to unretire his number, LOL. <laughs> Ken Dryden, of course, with the uh, retired number 29. Uh, and uh, that's uh, Patrick Lina's number with Winnipeg. Now, I'd suggest that, that it's if, if the Canadians acquire Patrick Lina, uh, that you take that number 29, and as many players do, they just, they just flip the digits, and yeah. that, that Lina could wear number 92. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem to be well used <laughs> right now. <laughs> Maybe Drew and I go back to 72 before he, qu- before he changed it after like Sorry. a month. Sorry. So uh, this is Rob St. Vitale. Thank you for your question. Um, listen, uh, boy, would I be excited to see Patrick Lina, a dynamic uh, game breaker. Um, you know, who knows what uh, what is what his ceiling is? 40 goals. Uh, could he be another Stefan Riche, 50 goals? Um, but he 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 isn't universally liked uh, by fans or by his team in in Winnipeg, and there's a reason that uh, that the the uh, Jets are considering um, uh, making him available. And and Darren Drager said that uh, Kevin Chevaldeoff is serious. Uh, that uh, that he's he's looking to change up the look of of uh, his top six forwards, and so that means that Patrick Lina, at only 22 years old, uh, could be available. Um, this is a guy that that could really turn around. The Canadians are missing a sniper. Uh, wow. Um, and and. And the thing is that Lina isn't the only one available. That that um, maybe Ehlers is an, another yep. guy that's available uh, from the Jets. Um, so can can we can we make a deal here? Can can we? <laughs> and um, uh, our good friend Sam Gerber, who does the uh, game previews, the game day posts uh, all throughout the season, he likes to send me um, little proposals. And a week or so ago, he said, "How about this?" Domi, Sherratt, Tatar, and the Habs' ra- fourth-round pick uh, for Patrick Lina and Perot. Perot being, you know, kind of a Deneau third-line, fourth-line yeah. uh, checking uh, center penalty kill guy. Um, my listen, uh, it would be fun. It would be really fun. But the the Jets th- are looking for a second-line scoring center. Uh, and they're looking for with their defense decimated last season. Uh, they're looking yeah. for a top pairing defenseman. And um, do the Canadians have those two to give? I don't think uh, Max Domi, although the Canadians uh, present him as a center, as uh, Max Domi likes to per, likes to, to play center. <laughs> I don't think he's the kind of guy that uh, that the Jets are necessarily looking for. Um, and uh, Montreal's got its own issues on defense that it's trying to solve, uh, you know, with, with the Edmondson deal. Um, so I don't think they have a, necessarily a defenseman to give. And, you know, it's going to require a boatload uh, to, to, um, to bring in a, 
a Patrick Lina. And I just see that there's other teams out there, uh, whether it's the Avalanche, whether it's the Hurricanes, uh, Minnesota Wild, they're far more, they're better placed to be able to put a, a pretty substantial package, including a first round pick in front of uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff. Yeah, I, I I don't see this as a possibility. It just, uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't see it. But it would be fun. It's fun it to think about. It would be a lot it. of fun. It, yeah. It's fun to I, think about. Man, I, I've been high on Patrick Lina since he was since his draft year. So I would love to see Patrick Lina in a Habs uniform. I just don't think that's going to happen. Question three. Since the playoffs ended, and ended, I think, uh, uh, Joel means from the Canadians' perspective, because uh, this, well, this is probably the last week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the last weekend of, of uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, since the playoffs ended, I can't wait to see Taylor Hall lining up beside Nick Suzuki. What are the chances? By the way, you guys are great. Joel, who's a longtime Habs fan from Connecticut. Yeah, um, obviously, obviously would love to see Taylor Hall in a Montreal Canadiens uniform. Darren Drager floated around the idea around the time that he was traded from New Jersey to Arizona. And now again, heading into his uh, UFA uh, eligibility but I just don't think Taylor Hall is going to be a realistic option. I'd love for them to get somebody like Taylor Hall who could be a legitimate star forward up front to lead them up front. I just don't think that this is a realistic option. I think Montreal is going to get priced out of the market. Um, I wouldn't give up hope, Joel. I mean, listen, it could happen. They could do it. I, I just don't know how likely it is. Um, I think that it would be far more, given the fact that Mark Bergevin has talked about being careful and cautious, the fact that he said those two words suggests to me that this is not going to be a year where the Montreal Canadiens are diving at the biggest fish of free agency or one of the biggest fish uh, fishes of free agency. I, I just don't think that that's going to be something that you see happen, but it doesn't mean that it won't happen. Yeah, it could. And, and I understand, I understand Joel, I, um, you know, the Arizona has, has, uh, provided, uh, the, uh, Taylor Hall camp with, uh, with a number of offers. And it seems that, um, that Taylor Hall is committed to pursuing free agency. Um, and, uh, so with him going to free agency, is there a chance, uh, you know, the Coyotes uh, lost some picks, uh, in their their penalty, um, so would they would be wanting to get some picks back? The Canadians have pick. I see how it all fits on paper, um, and um, but but you know you're you're absolutely right that uh, uh, this is not the kind of move that would fit into the careful, cautious, and and you know the Canadians would have to move a fair bit of cap room to yeah. uh, uh, to to make the to get this done. But yeah, thank you, just, Joel. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Absolutely. Thank you, Joel. <laughs> uh, question four. Uh, sad to hear about the Bobby Ryan, about Bobby, Bobby Ryan, but the buyout and reduced cost may free up some more opportunities for him to continue his, to restart his career and life outside of hockey. Say with the Canadians who are looking for an experienced gunner to go with their young centers. Uh, this comes from Brad uh, from the 519 area, that being Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge and Guelph. Well, Brad, I would much rather see the Canadians give Bobby Ryan a go than go back to Ilya Kovalchuk. I mean, Ryan's story, it's inspiring. It honestly, it was one of the most inspiring things that we've seen uh, from the NHL the last couple of years. He's a beloved guy. 
by teammates, by the fan base in Ottawa. And by the way, I mean, I covered the Belleville Senators with the AHL report a couple of years ago. I follow a lot of guys, a lot of uh, Ottawa Senators fans, a lot of people that follow that team very closely and they were they were not very happy with this and uh, i think maybe a combination of this and craig anderson being let go uh they they just were not very happy with with what this what this signifies i think for the ottawa senators obviously it gives young guys an opportunity but getting back to the point of bobby ryan um he's 33 years old so i think he has a lot more hockey ahead of him and getting his personal life in order and in the way that he did the inspirational way that he did um I think that that will hopefully lead to more success on the ice than we've seen in the past couple of years for him. And I truly believe that that is going to be the case. I think that Bobby Ryan is somebody that can contribute to a winning team. And I would love to see the Montreal Canadiens go out and get him Uh, ultimately. And we were talking about this before the show. I think Bobby Ryan, he's made money in his career. He had a very lucrative contract with the Ottawa Senators that they just bought out. I think at this point he might be looking for the best situation for him as is his right. And whatever that situation is, I think that he will be somebody that can produce uh, for a winning team. And and I'm really looking forward to seeing that uh, for Bobby Ryan. And it makes us think of the 2005 draft, which was pretty important for the Montreal Canadiens, where they took Carey Price fifth overall. Uh, pretty important for Pittsburgh, where they picked up Sidney Crosby and Bobby Ryan went second overall yeah. to uh, Anaheim. So, um, you know, getting the band back together, Carrie uh, and <laughs> and, uh, and Bobby. Question number five. Love the show, guys. With Sherratt and Edmondson pretty much being the same guy, I'm predicting that Bergevin will flip Edmondson in a huge deal. Thoughts? This comes from Ed in Clarenville. Newfoundland. Now, By you, the way, you've, you've got to yeah. take this. <laughs> <laughs> Clarenville is a lovely spot. I love Clarenville. was just there over the summer uh, on my way to uh, to Eastport, but we spent some time in Clarenville. Just a beautiful spot. So, Ed, very much appreciate you uh, representing Newfoundland with this question. Uh, the one thing I'd say, I wouldn't expect it, mostly because we haven't seen Mark Bergevin make moves where he flips a guy quickly after acquiring him. He's never really done that before. And given Mark Bergevin threw a draft pick to Carolina for exclusive negotiation rights with Edmondson, it would suggest to me that Joel is somebody that the Canadians covet. And I just, I wouldn't expect to see this. Um, Listen, I mean, it doesn't mean that it won't happen, but that's, that's just what I think. I think that the, the fact that they threw the pick to Carolina uh, would suggest to me that this is somebody that they want in their organization. They genuinely like Joe yeah. Edmondson. Uh, they, yep. The organization likes him. Uh, we know that Claude Julian likes his size. Like that's They want to be able to wear down the opponents. Uh, we heard, uh, we didn't play the clip, but we heard in... Um, Jeff Petrie's uh, press conference, uh, him speak uh, favorably about Edmondson getting additional size in the back end and saying that he prefers to play with uh, not a puck-moving defenseman because he likes to do that part. He prefers uh, to play with a defensive defenseman, which describes uh, Edmondson to a a T. Absolutely. And I think that, yeah, it's far more fitting of of Joel Edmondson than Brett Kulak. (laughs) Yes, Absolutely. Question six: uh, With goaltending and defense all but set, uh, all all but set with the additions of Jake Allen, uh, Joel Edmondson, and likely Alexander Romanov, who do you guys realistically think that the Habs will target in free agency up front? 
Uh, I think the only additions made from the prospect pool up front are Jake Evans and Ryan Paling, both in 13th forward roles. Yes, Yelonen is the wild card. This Mike from Hanover, Ontario. Mike uh, being uh, one of the contributors to uh, uh, our Rocket Sports team. Yeah. Great to hear from Mike. Uh-huh. Now, um, yeah, I I think if if uh, Mark Bergevin uh, approaches free agency at all, it's going to be in uh, maybe a lesser move in a in a move um you know he he has to deal with uh, the max domi situation there was talk that phil deno might be in the market uh we'll see what happens there and um you know how he saw one of one of his next um next priorities is the uh, a top six sniper it has to be a, yeah a, a scoring winger that's uh that's going to help them with their finish They've been good in the possession game. They need somebody to score goals. They, and that would also uh, bleed over to the power play, which would help as well. So can they? Can uh, Mark Bergevin solve that issue uh, You know, with a trade, whether it's uh, Deneau or Domi? Or um, does he need to go to the free agent market? If he has to go to the free agent market, uh, there's a couple of guys that uh, would help the power play, that would help with offense, uh, both uh, interestingly enough, from the Florida Panthers, who are going to be available as unrestricted free agents, uh, Mike Hoffman. Um, mm. Mike Hoffman comes with a bit of baggage. I don't. Yeah. In this market, uh, comes with some baggage. Um, the other is Evgeny Dadanov, and uh, this is the one. If if Mark Bergevin makes any moves, I can see this one uh, making sense. He's thirty year, one years old. He's a 60 to 65 to 70 point guy, 25 to 30 goals, 11 power play goals, uh, plays second line wing. Uh, this is the kind of guy that would fit into a top six role uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I expect Montreal to be in the free agent market that much. I expect them more to be in the trade market with money in, money out type of moves. but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if, if they do go down that route, they're going to need to address that. And I think you picked out a couple of guys that, that would address the power play concerns and the finishing concerns that you have with this team. Question uh, number seven. And thanks, Mike, for that question. Question number seven. Thanks for taking the time to answer questions. Uh, you're welcome. So something has to give down the middle. Here's my simple question. Deno or Domi? And this comes from uh, Trevor in Fernie, BC. Trevor, thanks for the question. Um and uh, this this one is is interesting uh, because uh, you know it was it was uh, Max Domi uh, was disgruntled. That was that was the report out there. Max Domi and Claude Julien don't necessarily see eye to eye. Um, the Montreal Canadiens see Max Domi as a center. Max Domi sees himself as a center. Uh, had a bit of a pout when when uh, he was put over to the wing. Um, and so, uh, the, during the playoffs, we saw Max Domi centering the fourth line. That's not ideal. Uh, and, uh, uh, we know that he can be a dynamic player at times and not ideal to have him in that spot. Kirk Muller moved him up to the third line wing. Um, he didn't seem very happy after the playoffs are over. Uh, he took Montreal out of his social media by, uh, bios and, uh, well, that, that certainly got the attention <laughs> of a number of people. So um, he switched agents, and, um, and Darren Ferris is, is his new agent. 
And this week, Darren Ferris went out and he was in damage control mode fully. <laughs> um, and, and, and he said, I need to set the record straight. Max Domi wants to stay in Montreal. Um, and, and, uh, you know, uh, okay. An agent's got to do what an agent does, but he was also a bit disingenuous. I thought, um, when, when he tried to explain the whole social media debacle and he said that, uh, you know, Max is just a young guy and whenever he goes from city to city, he changes his bio. So he changed it from Montreal and if he's in Toronto he'll he'll change it to that and if he's in Florida on vacation he'll change it to that well that isn't what happened that isn't no. what happened at all he didn't change it to anything else he just took Montreal out um, so he said and then he said uh, Max has dreamed his whole life to have the opportunity to play on a Canadian team not necessarily the Canadians but a Canadian mm -hmm. team um and then he also ad addressed the whole issue of Max must play center to be happy. And, and he threw out a flippant line saying, listen, Max will play goalie if the coach asks him to. Well, <laughs> no one's going to ask him to. That's no okay. one's going to ask him to. So it's easy <laughs> to make that kind of uh, that kind of. Would he, uh, would he play top pairing left defense? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we want that either. So I think the issue here is. Um, you know, the, 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 what I'm hearing back from within the organization is they don't think that Max uh, Domi is uh, with the Canadians. He's not in, in for the long term. They don't see him as a long term fit. Would they give him another one year contract? Yeah, I'm sure they would. He's a restricted free agent. Would Max Domi accept uh, a one year contract? I don't know in this in environment. It yeah. seems that the agent is uh, maybe done some checking, kind of put some feelers out to see what what uh, what's out there, and is backtracking quickly. Um, so, is is Max Domi uh, a possibility? Um, is Phil Deneau a possibility? I think they're both in play, and we've heard from teams out there that Mark Bergevin has certainly let it be known that both. Uh, are available for the right price. So whether this is a negotiating tactic uh, with uh, Phil Deneau, who's, as I said, uh, an unrestricted free agent next season, uh, Max Domi, uh, a restricted free agent this season, um, we'll see. But if if uh, Mark Bergevin is presented an offer that, that solves that problem uh, of a top six sniper, I think he takes it and it doesn't matter whether it's Deneau or, or Domi that goes. Yeah, I mean, simply for me, uh, based on preference, I would rather have Philip Deneau. The way that he plays in a third-line role, I think, is better suited for your team to find success. But the way the way the things that he said after the playoffs mm -hmm. unfolded, I mean, that's not somebody I think that you want in a team environment who would be mostly concerned with what his role is rather than what the team's doing on the ice and if they're winning games. So... To me, I mean, this is a this is a tough spot, and you've got two guys that I think there are there are pros and cons to each of them. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Thank you, Trevor, for the question. Question eight. Uh, I listen every week from Melbourne. Uh, wow. I know, yeah. That's hey, nice. how about that? That's great. <laughs> um, and uh, and we have um, we have a team member that helps us out, Andy. In um, hmm, I think he's in Sydney. Uh, okay. But this is Cade from Melbourne, Australia. And Cade says, I listen every week. I know that Rick likes to talk goaltenders. Obviously, he listens yeah. every week to know that. <laughs> so here's a question. Price is the starter. 
Jake Allen's the backup. What will the Habs do with all of their other goaltenders? Uh, listen, this is a great question, and uh, yeah. I throw it around in my mind uh, a lot. Um, so that takes care of, of Carey Price and Jake Allen. We know there is uh, Charlie Lindgren, who uh, was the backup towards the end of the season when uh, Keith Kincaid uh, failed and and Keith Kincaid is an unrestricted free agent so uh, that situation is yeah. take care, taken care <laughs> of Michael McNiven who spent most of the season in the ECHL last season being bounced around uh, Canadians not having an affiliate is a restricted free agent um, and then there's we remember uh, Vasily Dimchenko that was signed uh, to a one-year deal uh, as well, 26-year-old goaltender who um, has some some promise. And then um, the prospect, uh, Caden Primo. So what do I think is going to happen? I think, um, first of all, we've, know, we've talked about this before. Uh, it's a flooded goalie market. There's tons of goalies out there for, yeah. uh, for teams to choose from. Uh, Charlie Lindgren would probably, um, you know, would a team um, look for Charlie Lindgren as a backup? Well, I think that only happens until all the other kind of dominoes where goalies are going, um, that where they get seated and, and then uh, teams look for backups. So could Charlie Lindgren be traded? Yes, he could. And I hope he, I, I hope so, to give him an opportunity. Yeah. Could the Canadians hang on to Charlie Lindgren until they figure out what the season's going to look like. Um, are there? Uh, that's the interesting question for me, is we saw uh, in the return to play that there was expanded rosters. Is there, are there going to be expanded rosters uh, next season? Um, especially if we move to a, a condensed schedule that's going to have to pack 82 games in between January and, and June. Um uh, or, or even less than that, if, if playoffs have to be squeezed in too. Um, I think that, that that might be an option, and at least Mark Bergevin is going to hold on and uh, wait and see what's going to happen. Um, does Michael McNiven get qualified? Mm, I don't know. Uh, they seem to have lost favor. He's kind of insurance. Maybe uh, he's qualified just to, to uh, keep their options open, and he could again... Uh, be sent to uh, a, a newly uh, established uh, ECHL franchise um, in Trois-Rivières, or maybe it's McNiven and Demchenko that that uh, you know battle out the Dem- the uh, backup spot with uh, Caden Primo taking uh, the majority of the starts in in Laval. Uh, the the loser, whether it's Demchenko or or McNiven, goes to uh, the ECHL team. This is one that's pretty fluid, but I don't think you're going to see any action on it anytime soon. I think um, Mark Bergevin's going to wait to to see get the answers to a number of situations yeah and i mean this is yeah as you said there's a flooded goaltender market and the montreal canadians um they do have a lot of goaltenders in their organization <laughs> currently uh, whether that stays uh, stays the same i don't know but we'll just have to wait and see i guess on how all this sort of turns out especially with those nhl quality goaltenders that are available and and might be changing teams Next, well, the next one's not really a question. Um, uh-huh. uh, Justin in Mississauga says, uh, it would be awesome to get a signed jersey by the whole team. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'd like one too. Well, well, <laughs> now, the, the, 
in all seriousness, uh, a lot of people want this, and uh, it's something that takes them years to accomplish. And you see them uh, standing out, uh, whether it's practice uh, at Brassard or or visiting arenas. And um, yeah, I I think this is something that uh, you have to kind of commit yourself to and be very patient. Um, (laughs) An actual question at question nine. Uh, comes from Sean in uh, my hometown of Thunder Bay, Ontario. Is there going to be a Carl Alsner buyout anytime soon? So, um, well, <laughs> I, I think Carl Alsner is probably hoping so. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, there's there's some money, there's some savings there that uh, off the cap. And uh, even sending him down to Laval, I think it'd be cruel to send him to, to Laval again, even though he's been a yeah. great soldier. Uh, but a buyout, mm, a buyout is would cost them uh, $4 million next season, uh, about $2 million the following season, and then about a million dollars in each of the subsequent. It's too expensive to do a, a buyout right now. Um, you know, Mark Bergevin's got to work a little bit harder and... Uh, uh, and engineer a trade here um, in order to have any savings. I just don't see uh, this season being being the time when you're going to find a Carl Olsner buyout. Yeah, I just I, I don't see that happening. I just think, yeah, as you pointed out, it was just going to be too expensive. And um, unfortunately for Carl Olsner, I think the best option for the Montreal Canadiens, should there not be a trade, which uh, does seem a little bit unlikely, but you might be able to get somebody to bite um, – the best option for Montreal would just to be let him stay, play him in Laval, which would be that's, really unfortunate for tough. Carl. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, you don't want to see that. Question ten: I'm so far north that I'm in an ice storm right now. Oh. Okay, um, is that the same team in the playoffs that I saw in the regular season? Because it sure didn't seem so to me. Chimo from Andy in Paluktuk, uh, Northwest Territories. Now, first of all, I would like to say that being from Newfoundland, I sympathize with you for having to deal with that weather. In Newfoundland, we don't get it that extreme that early uh, as you do in the Northwest Territories, but uh, very much would like to send uh, our best along to you. Uh, But to answer your question, I think that this is the operative question and one that I can't really answer but can only speculate on because we don't really know. Uh, But I would say that there's it's probably more appropriate to put more stock into the 71 games that we saw over the course of the season than the 10 games that we saw in the bubble. So you start, you look at that, you add Jake Allen and Joel Edmondson. That's, that's a good start to adding some quality players to your roster. You hope for continued growth from your young guys. You don't hinge all of your hopes and dreams on it, but you hope for more growth. You still have Alexander Romanoff. You're adding into the fold. But decisions are decisions should be made based on the 71 game mm-hmm. sample size that we saw, and the 71 game sample sample size was 71 points in those 71 games, which is not good enough. So the Montreal Canadiens, I think it is fair to say, um, if if they're not more the team uh, that that was that 71 points in 71 games than they are the the team that we saw in the bubble, I, I can't really say that for certain but the one thing that i should say and the one thing that i know is that they should be paying more attention to the 71 game sample size than the 10 game sample size because obviously 71 is more than 10 
<laughs> the math works. <laughs> the math works. Yeah. I'm not a math guy, but I think 71 is more than 10. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you fully. Uh, we saw in a, in a short term, uh, what, what was the difference between the season and, uh, and the, the playoffs? Um, well, it was Carey Price. Uh, yes. and, uh, uh, and to, uh, to, uh, uh, and other, uh, Lesser extent, I guess it was Suzuki and Kakinami playing roles that they didn't play necessarily during the season later on. Uh, but there were still some of the same problems, still couldn't score. Power play was yep. ineffective. So uh, Mark Bergevin is uh, is uh, still got those things to address in the offseason. Question 11, and uh, because we're getting to a uh, uh, time limit here, uh, this we'll make this our last question uh, in this edition of the All Habs Mailbag. Question 11. We need to stack this team toot sweet. Our core isn't getting any younger. Can we make a move to improve the offense now using Victor Mata, uh, Max Domi, and Picks? Any truth to the rumors about Johnny Gaudreau? And this comes from Jay in Forest, Ontario. Well, thank you for the question, Jay. And I should say I should be thanking everyone for these questions. If I haven't, thank you, everyone that sent in these questions. But thank you, Jay, for this question. I will start with the second part of that about Johnny Gaudreau. I, I don't know how likely it is that you see the Canadians involved in anything with either Calgary or Winnipeg, as Rick, you touched on. I just I don't think it's likely to see the Canadians involved. And I think the Flames, they're going to have to make some decisions soon, but I can't imagine them trading away Johnny Gaudreau. To me, I think Johnny Gaudreau is if you if he's somebody that you do trade, I feel like Johnny Gaudreau is someone that you will regret trading almost immediately. So I don't see that as being an option for the Montreal Canadiens. But to go back to your first, the, the Domi and Mete package plus picks, maybe you could get a solid player or a good player coming off of a down season for that package. But I think that Montreal Canadiens fans thinking that that package centered around Max Domi and Victor Mete could get them a Goudreau or a Lyonnais or an Ehlers I just don't see that as a possibility. So that's the one thing that I'll say about that. I think maybe you could get a guy, a solid NHL player, a guy that can produce, a guy that can score. I just don't think it's going to be somebody from a Canadian team and a Canadian market where, you know, those guys, I mean, I think just inherently from playing in those markets, they almost have more value. And, uh, you know, from the Calgary perspective, um, once the Flames um, exited the playoffs, there was all kinds of uh, Johnny Gaudreau rumors. Those have died down a lot yeah. since then, and it doesn't appear that this is a priority for uh, Brad Tree Living. Um, you know, there's been more speculation uh, that I've heard about uh, Noah Hannafin because he comes with a pretty big price tag, and maybe that's the way that they solve some of their problems by... Uh, and and they've got uh, they're they're loaded on defense, so uh, maybe that's uh, how they solve their their issues. Uh, listen, uh, thank you. This has been yeah. uh, we were looking forward to this, both of us. Uh, yeah. This has been fun. Thank you for all the questions. Uh, you're welcome to to uh, hit us up uh, uh, again, and and we'll do this uh, again sometime soon. Uh, but for now, let's close the All Habs Hockey Magazine mailbag. Well, Rick, we're going to take our final break here on this podcast. Uh, and when we come back, we've got some congratulations uh, that we're going to be sending to one of our former team members. So stick around. We'll be back after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. 
Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 103 here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Just once again, want to thank everyone who sent in their questions, all the questions we got to. And if you sent in a question about the NHL draft and what the Montreal Canadiens should do at the draft, uh, me, Rick and myself, we're going to be addressing that in a future episode just before the draft, just in case we're, we're going to give our thoughts on what the Canadians should do at the NHL entry draft. So just in case you did send in a question related to that and you didn't hear it, we will be getting to that in a future episode. Are you teasing our big draft episode yeah. next, next Saturday? <laughs> I am. I am because I'm looking forward to it. We've already been talking about that episode and the guys that we are, because this is a, this is a whole other thing, right? Because we thought the Montreal Canadiens would be drafting ninth, ninth. overall uh-huh. and now it's going to be 16th. So you kind of have to change everything. These are their guys that I wasn't really focused on that. I've, I've researched, give a little bit more sort of uh, thought to, and, and now it's it's really exciting again to see what guys are available at that spot or who might be available at that spot. So uh, very much looking forward uh, to next week's episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Before we get there, Rick, we have some congratulations in order for our former team member who got engaged this week. It was all over social media. Our friend Caitlin. Caitlin uh, was uh, one of our contributors who um, uh, was with us for five years uh, and and is a delightful person, a great writer. Um, she um, she she just brings a personal touch to to her writing, and as we've done with uh, with so many. Um, give them an opportunity, help develop their their writing style, give them some confidence, give them some exposure 
to our Canadians community. Uh, and then, uh, and, and Caitlin's moved on to a, a scouting organization uh, in a hockey organization. And we uh, are fully supportive of that. Uh, but now she's taken another new step in her life and that is uh, to uh, get engaged. And, and uh, so uh, they came from uh, Nathan, um, her boyfriend and Caitlin came from Ontario uh, to the Bell Center uh, to Montreal last week and uh, they got engaged in the gift shop uh, and it was all uh, coordinated. Nathan did a great job uh, yeah. with a Mary Me uh, jersey and uh, a hollowed out puck that uh, served as the ring case and the Montreal Canadiens uh, social media folks were there to to capture everything on video and you might want to find that video uh, to, uh, to see just a really, really special moment proud of Caitlin uh, we're happy for both of them and uh, and we wish them uh, all the all the happiness absolutely and by the way Nathan is an Anaheim Ducks fan so this I mean what a tremendous gesture from Nathan here in this proposal and also uh, I should point out as well in that video that you mentioned they also get the post game post game interview as well they get that treatment so it's just it's a great thing to watch and it was fantastic to see as we talked about uh, with Victor Mete, this has been a very difficult year. So to just see some happiness, see some people enjoying life and doing something like that is is just incredible. So congratulations to Caitlin and Nathan, and and just wish them all the happiness in the world. So uh, Rick, with all that said, we've uh, we've talked quite a bit. Not as not not quite as much as last week, but we've talked quite a bit this week about <laughs> We're the back Montreal to our Canadians. Schedule, yeah, yeah, back to regular scheduled programming here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And as I said. Uh, we should thank everybody that sent in those questions that we got to. That was a really fun thing to do. And, yeah, it was something that we, we should revisit down the road. We will. Absolutely. So, Rick, uh, we will mention that we have some posts on social media, on the All Habs fan page. People can share their thoughts on the Jeff Petrie signing, on all sorts of other things. So if you want to just share your thoughts around that, you can. And certainly the, the Rocket Sports text line, 585 through Rocket as well. Absolutely. Uh, we always are happy to hear from you, even even when we don't don't devote special episodes. Uh, we we love your support. Uh, we're we're happy that uh, you continue to choose us uh, as as a podcast that you trust, uh, and uh, we will we are committed to uh, putting out the best uh, content for you. As now we move into. Uh, the draft season, free agency, and uh, continuing uh, uh, to pursue uh, to in the the next step to uh, the Canadians' next exciting season in the NHL. Absolutely, and this is going to be a very fun period of time. This week was a lot of fun. We had a couple signings to discuss, and as the season draws closer and closer, you're going to see a lot more of, of those types of things happen, the signings, the trades. We're entering that very fun period of time, even though it's happening at a little bit of a different Uh, a different time in the calendar than we're used to. So uh, we're going to be getting to all that in the weeks to come. But thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. We'll be right back with you next week. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.